I was looking through some old pictures and things this week, and I found a video of Brother Buddy singing with Butch at the nursing home. What a day that will be, and it just brought back some memories, and I appreciate you doing that. And, and since we're doing stuff like that, Ida, come sing the old rugged cross. Would you do that tonight? I'm kidding. She won't do it. I try to sing. <laughs> She would shoot me. Amen. Mark chapter 5. Turn to Mark chapter 5 tonight. I had a few people communicate with me this morning about the message and said, hey, I threw grandma out of the house, just like the Bible said. I don't think that was the point of the message. You missed something there. Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5. But when somebody says something like that, it's always a blessing to know that they're listening. Amen? So I, I did a message, uh, I guess it was last spring, and I just preached it again at a Man Up conference in Ottawa and I don't know if you'll remember it or not, but it was about the silver chargers, the silver bowls, and the gold spoons that they would use to take into the tabernacle. And it was about the vessels, how important the vessels were to God. You couldn't reuse them. You couldn't borrow somebody else's. You had to make your own. They had great value. They had to be clean. And, and we talked about that. And, and uh, on Monday morning, I was putting the stuff away. I was putting the, the, the plates and the, the bowls and the, and the, and the spoon. Was, it was a plastic gold spoon, a serving spoon that we had in the kitchen here, and it was just plastic, and Timmy saw me in the hallway, and I'm carrying this stuff, and he looked at me, and he says, that's not real gold, you know, and I thought, ah, but he's listening, he was listening to the sermon, that blessed my heart, you know, sometimes we think the kids aren't hearing or listening, but he was listening, and uh, even if it was just to pick apart my sermon, he was listening, amen? And uh, so I appreciated that. That's just a blessing if anybody would come listen to me. Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, especially today, there's so few here to listen, but I thank you so much for coming. And um, Pastor Strachan used to say this, thank God for the ones that are here, amen? And we'll thank God for the ones that are here tonight. And we understand folks are cautious right now. Our numbers aren't very good in Norfolk County, but we're cautious. And well, thank you for being here. And let's take our Bibles, Mark chapter 5, turn to verse 21. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. I'm not going to keep you very long. Four quick points tonight, but just something that, uh, you know, this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I think I have preached more from this passage than almost any other passage of the Bible. And I think I remember saying that the last time I preached from this passage. I preached not long ago called An Inconvenient Plague. And it was about the woman with the issue of the blood. Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house to help his daughter, and he was interrupted by this woman with the plague of blood. And I called it an inconvenient plague. And I remember saying that. I think I preached from this passage more than any other, but the Lord just keeps bringing me back here. And so I want to look once again at this lady. But I've titled the message tonight, Daughter. Daughter. There's a lot that can be taken from that word. And I want to show you that tonight from the Word of God. I think it's important that we understand tonight the compassion of our Savior, Jesus Christ. When he looked at this lady that was overtaken by the issue of blood, he could have called her a lot of things. He could have called her by her name, but he chose not to. He could have said, woman. He said, well, that doesn't sound respectful. That's what he called his mother sometimes. Woman, what do I have to do with thee? It wasn't a term of disrespect. It was just how they talked in those days. He could have called her a lot of things, but instead he said, daughter. So let's look at the word of God tonight. Matthew chapter, sorry, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And the Bible says, 
And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we thank you, Lord, for the time we've spent in your house already today. And Lord, we just have a few more minutes that we will gather around your word. We'll seek something from you, and I pray, Lord, that you would grant it. Lord, that you would allow us to leave here tonight having heard from the Holy Spirit of God as he speaks to us through his word. So, Father, we surrender to you and ask that you'd fill each one of us. We need your help. Our Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I often think I'm drawn back to this same lady so often in the scriptures because I find that my issues are much the same as hers. We also, and I don't mean to be crude or rude in any way, but we all have an issue of blood. Our sin has made his blood necessary. And if we can just get to Jesus, that problem would be solved. For Jesus Christ shed his blood for our sins. And I see that every time I read this passage. I don't know if I've ever brought that out before, but when I see this lady with an issue of blood and she'd gone to a lot of different places looking for the solution, but it wasn't until she met Jesus that she was made whole. But tonight I want to focus just a little bit on that very last verse, daughter. And we will, we will work our way to it very quickly, and we won't spend much time tonight. But aren't you thankful for the compassion of Jesus Christ? Throughout the Word of God, we see time and time again prostitutes thrown at his feet. And he says, where are thine accusers? Go thy way and sin no more. But before that, he looked at her and he said, who is it he that condemneth thee? And she says, no man, Lord. And he says, neither do I condemn thee. She was forgiven. We see people come to him that are sick of the palsy. And instead of saying, take up thy bed and walk, he says, thy sins be forgiven thee. Boy, that made the Pharisees mad. He said, well, it's just as easy for me to say that as it is, take up thy bed and walk. And the man took up his bed and walked. But Jesus was a God of compassion. 
reaching out to people everywhere he went and just loving on people. And we notice in the passage tonight that this lady was no different. I want you to notice some things that we notice, first of all, about her condition so that we understand the passage. First of all, we see that she was diseased. She was diseased. The Bible said she was taken of a plague. If you look at verse 25, the Bible says in Mark chapter 5, I my page flipped. This air conditioning up here sometimes changes my page. Verse 25, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. And in verse 29, it says, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. She was diseased. She was struggling to maintain the vitality of life because of this plague that had overtaken her body. And in those days, often if you were sick with any type of infectious disease, they would separate you from everybody else. We kind of understand a little bit more about that in the day that we live. She was diseased, but she was also deceived. The Bible says in verse 26, she had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better to rather. She went from doctor to doctor looking for help and she would give money, spending all that she had, hoping for a miracle cure. And each doctor took her money and offered her nothing in return. She was deceived. She was depleted. That made a bad situation worse. The Bible says she spent all. She was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. She was declining. Her hope was quickly leaving her as she lost all her money, and now her health was even declining. We probably could name almost everybody in this room can name somebody like that. Not, not to be unkind or to be unloving, but just to say, I know somebody that has tried for years to get better and now their health is declining and they must feel like this woman without hope. And she was desperate. She was desperate. Desperate times lead to desperate measures. Often when hope is gone and resources expended is when we turn to God. And that's really unfortunate. We learned this morning that Asa had turned to God in the time of a battle, but he had already been serving God for 10 years. But this woman, this woman now decided to turn to God. She'd gone to every doctor. She'd looked for every remedy. She'd spent all of her money. He said, oh, but Jesus had just now arrived on the scene. Oh, but God was still in Israel. She still could have prayed and she still could have gone to her priest and she still could have been faithful and sought God in other ways. But now she turns to God. That's so often the case with many of us. So we see some things about her condition, but I want you to notice some, some things about her conduct. The Bible says in verse 27, she was pressed. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. This was unusual behavior for a person in her condition. We, we said earlier that somebody that was infectious disease would often be separated from everybody else. Now, we don't know if her disease was contagious, but here's the thing. Neither did anybody else. A lot of things that we know today are not contagious. Back then, they didn't know that. They would separate people for a lot lesser things. And yet she pushed through a crowd, likely unwelcome, perhaps some people getting away from her when they saw who it was and the grayness of her skin as the blood had left her face. And she pushed through that crowd and she was pressed to get to Jesus. We're talking about, we're talking about her conduct. 
This speaks of her desperation as she pushed through a place where she wasn't previously welcomed. She was persistent. The Bible says in verse 28, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. I wonder how often we press through to get to Jesus. When I think about this passage, I think about our access to Christ today, and that's prayer. How we can boldly come to the throne of grace. I think a lot of times we bow our heads and we pray quickly and we just think, okay, that's good enough. But have you really prayed? Way back in 2002, we had a church theme. It was called Push Through in 2002. Push stands for this. Pray until something happens. Just keep praying. Be persistent. And I challenge the church family, grab a hold of something this year that you're going to beg and plead God for. Maybe it's the salvation of a loved one. Maybe it's somebody that, that you haven't seen in a while that's out of, out of step with the Lord. And maybe you can encourage them to get back with God. And, and, and there's just something we all can pray about and set a goal and pray until something happens. Don't quit. Be persistent. This woman shows us that persistence as she pushed through the crowd Knowing in her heart, if I can just, I got one goal, and one goal only, if I can just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. She was progressive. She was progressive. She had an idea that perhaps nobody else had. She had to put her faith in, up until then, into doctors and medicine, but now it was time to put her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This was a huge step of faith for a Jewish woman who had been told by her synagogue leaders and Pharisees and Sadducees that this Jesus was just a hoax. But she had to take a step of faith. You said, did she really have faith? She wouldn't have been healed without faith. But she believed. She was progressive in her faith. So some things we learn about her conduct, but let me say this, some things we learn about her character. Verse 27 teaches us she was honorable. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press Look what it says, behind, behind. She had such a respect for the Lord Jesus Christ, she didn't come before him. She came behind him. In the Mideastern culture, that was a sign of respect. Not to meet his eyes, but instead to come with hat in hand and pleading humbly before a God. She was honorable as she came towards him. She was humble Verse 33 says, But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Once Jesus addressed her, she was able to stand before him and she humbled herself, the Bible says, and fell down before him. Again, I'm taken back to that throne room of prayer as I think how we approach our God humbly and with great honor. How we must come before him. She was humble. That power that God had put through her body caused her to fall down before him. And she was honest. The Bible says she told him all the truth. She didn't hold anything back from God. What a picture of prayer. What a picture of how we come to God with a humble heart, honoring him. Some people say, well, I don't like those King James prayers. And I listen, I understand that we don't talk like that normally. But I think we ought to talk with respect when we address God. 
Perhaps you were here, and I shared this before. Somebody, I asked a college, young Bible college graduate who was visiting one time, would you open in prayer? And he went, hey, God. I about came out of the pulpit and choked him. My skin crawled. That is our holy, righteous, spotless God. Hey, God. Hey, when we come to the throne room of grace, we need to remember who it is we're talking to. Some people get up. Don't, don't you mock young people when somebody gets up and says thou or thee. They're not trying to impress you with their words. They're trying to have respect for a holy God the way they learned it as a child. They're not trying to show anybody up. They're trying to show respect to their God. And that's how they've always learned it. Now, we don't need to use those words. But we do need to have respect for God. The respect for God is gone in our society. And I'm thankful to see this woman who really didn't even know Jesus yet, but believed him to be God and believed that if she could touch the hem of his garment, he would heal her. She had honor, humility, and honesty with God. Boy, what would happen if we just got honest with God? Can I tell you this? He already knows anyway. He sees to the depths of your heart and he knows everything that's going on. So we see some things about her character. But here's what I want you to really notice this morning or this evening. Some things about her Christ. Some things about her Christ. Charles Spurgeon said this, No Christ in your sermon? Then go home and never preach again until you have something worth preaching. That's good advice. Let me say it again. No Christ in your sermon? Then go home and never preach again until you have something worth preaching. Understand this, this story is not about this woman, it's about God. It's about how she met Christ that day and how Christ interacted in her life. And I bring you to verse 34, our text for this evening, it says, And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. Number one, he was caring. He was caring. Aren't you glad that Jesus cares? We sing that song, does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? When my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks, is it aught to him does he see? Oh yes, he cares, I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. I wonder, I, I need to look up that song, but I, I believe that that songwriter probably wrote that after a season of deep grief and sorrow. And as low as he got, he found that Jesus was there and he cared for his soul. He was caring. He called her daughter. There's three different meanings in the Bible of that word daughter and how it's used. Daughter, it might be used in the sense of daughter of a place, denoting all its inhabitants. In other words, uh, the daughters of Israel. The daughters of Jericho, whatever it might be, but it's referring to a people group. It's also referring to a physical descendant. I have two daughters, and it just means literally what you think it means. But here's the third one, and here's how it's used in verse 34. It means a daughter of God, acceptable to God, rejoicing in God's peculiar care and protection. It's like a chick that has come under the wings of, of its mother, protected. 
When Jesus was saying to her daughter, he was extending his wings. And he was bringing her in. And he was caring for her. He was embracing her with his love. He cared for this woman. But not only was he caring, he was comforting. He said to her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Jesus says the same to us. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We have a God that loves us so much that he sets out to comfort us. Not in our sin, but in our grief. Not in our, our, our hatred, but in our sorrow. Not when we are doing wrong, but he comforts us when we need him the most. Do you understand? One of the titles of the word of the Holy Spirit is the word comforter. It's the Greek word paraclete, which means one who comes alongside. One who comes alongside. Have you ever been scared of something? You ever been scared of something? Our son right now, Austin, is in Guyana, South America. I say that because a couple of men have been praying for Austin in Africa, but Ghana is in Africa, Guyana is in South America. So he's down there in Guyana and um, down by the Amazon River. And we remember our friends, the Mann family, being down there. And Wendy Mann, years ago, they were going out for a walk, and suddenly Greg says, she scooped up all three of my sons, all three of them at once. And they were, they were about nine years old, seven years old, and five years old, so they weren't just little boys. She says, Mama Bear grabbed all three of those kids and turned and ran. And she says, then I saw what it was, an anaconda snake lifted up his head. And he says, the head was the size of a tennis racket. And he says, the body was like a log, and it was about 30 feet long. That's where Austin is. Grandma's thrilled I told that story. Austin said to me last night, he says, Dad, I'm not scared of no snakes. I said, how about spiders? He goes, oh, yeah, spiders. I don't like spiders. <laughs> he is petrified of spiders. They don't have little spiders in Guyana. They got big ones in the jungle. But you know, when you're out in places like that, it's always good to have somebody with you, isn't it? If you were dropped down on the Amazon River all by yourself, you'd be petrified. And you still might be a little bit scared, a little bit nervous if somebody is with you, but it seems to ease that, that fear quite a bit. Jesus said this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm your comforter. I'm your paraclete. How many of you are glad you don't have to go through this life alone? Brother Tony, during choir practice, got a little broken up during prayer, and he just said, I happen to notice a man, Lord, today that has to come by himself without his wife, and his wife is quite ill, and it's so good to have the Holy Spirit not be alone. I think about that man. I was thinking about him since you mentioned it, Tony. He goes home every night by himself and eats by himself. And You know, some, some of you know what that's like. Some of you have a husband or a wife in a nursing home or whatever. But you're never alone if you know Jesus. He's caring and he's comforting. He loves you very much. Notice the next thing we see in that phrase, that last verse. He was confirming. 
Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Here's what he's saying. You don't have to worry about that anymore. I've taken it. I've taken that burden and I've placed it upon myself. And you can take my yoke because my yoke is easy and my yoke is light. You can find rest to your souls. And he just confirmed in her life what she was looking for all along, that Jesus has all the answers. Verse 29, the Bible says this, And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. But you know this, feelings don't mean a thing. Feelings don't mean a thing. I suppose that if I believed that God was going to touch me and I walked up to the hem of the Lord Jesus Christ and I touched his hem of his garment, I I suppose for a minute I could feel like I got what I wanted, I got what I needed, and everything is okay. And we can trick ourselves into feeling that. We cannot trust our feelings. But the Lord Jesus Christ confirmed it with his word. And when Jesus confirms it with his word, you can believe it a thousand times out of a thousand. He says, be whole of thy plague. I know you felt it, but I'm going to just say it. You can trust me. He's comforting. He's caring. And he's confirming. You know, I wonder tonight, you know, a lot of times we, we go through life and we, we come to struggles, whether it's sorrow and grief, whether it's a medical scare, Can can I challenge you with this one thought as we close tonight? A lot of times I hear people say something like this. You know, I just just have a feeling that everything's going to be okay. Don't trust your feelings. Trust God. Turn to him in prayer. I think we get in the danger in that rut where we start trusting ourselves, trusting our doctors, trusting our feelings, and we forget God. But it is God who is the great physician. It is God who can make thee whole. It is God who can take the plague. It is God who cares about our sorrow and our grief. It is God that looked down upon this lady and said, Daughter, I wonder what she heard when he said that. He's not talking about the daughters of Israel, and I'm not his physical offspring. He must really love me. He cares about me. He's concerned about me. He loves me. Let's bow our heads tonight. Altar's open even now if God has spoke to your heart. I just wanted to be an encouragement tonight. I know so many are fearful in the world that we live. Let me say this. It's okay to be concerned And we ought not be careless. But we have the Holy Spirit of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind. He has overcome the world. We must live by faith. This woman had looked all over the world for help and she didn't find it until she found it in Jesus. Maybe you need that same help tonight, just to be reminded that he is our comforter, that he loves us very much. 
Why don't we stand so if somebody wants to get out, they can. If your heart is hurting, let them bear your burdens tonight. Cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you.